Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Flintstone Football Podcast. We're really excited to bring this to you. We felt like the first one went really well, and you guys gave us some great feedback. We have the free agency that has begun. First wave's over. Uh, some big chips have fallen for the Bears. Some huge chips have fallen around the rest of the NFL, which is pretty wild. Um, we're moving into the second phase of tier two and three free agents, building some depth, getting ready for the draft, which is in a month. Um, I'm your host richard stone this is your other host nate flint what's up and uh first headline which we're going to address which is really cool um our fearless leader ryan pace got some some headlines going on today fearless leader more like our boy the boy he uh won executive of the year by sporting news which is actually voted on by his peers so other executives around the nfl so it's not just the other one it's who around the league thinks is the best GM and sure. clearly they chose our boy. Our boy. And you know what's funny? My dad. I I, uh, I don't hop on the Chris Ballard hate that some of the Bears Same. fans have him because Chris Ballard did a hell of a job and honestly with what he had to deal with with uh, like picking his guy and his guy just like being like fuck you bro and then dipping out on him after he's already hired his staff and all that. Um, if there was anyone that should have had it outside of Ryan Pace Chris Ballard was that guy. I do think Ryan Pace did more from a general manager standpoint of actually like acquiring talent and more roster turnover that I thought was more impressive than what Chris Ballard did. Um, Andrew Luck being healthy was huge, but both are very deserving. I was excited to see my guy, uh, Mr. Strong Chin, swole man himself getting in there and uh, getting the awards that he deserves. Um, huge. Huge the old uh, Mr. Eastern Illinois himself. Sorry, Tony Romo. Yeah. Sorry, Tony Romo. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, and, you know, the only thing is it's um, in my head, like, I've moved past last year. So, like, still receiving awards for last year. I, like, got excited. I was like, woo! But then my mind is straight like, okay, this is who we've signed in free agents. we got the draft coming up. Our trade's going to happen. Like, uh, it got announced today, week one. Of the entire NFL whole season starts in Soldier Field on Thursday night, September 5th, against the Packers, which will be awesome. Um, like, it doesn't get bigger or better than that. I was super hyped when they announced that today. Uh, just a little side note. But uh, anyway, we can get uh, into the free agents. There were some, some good moves. I am also super hype, mm-hmm. as you can tell by my monotone voice. He's excited. People, he is excited. You might not know him like I know him. This is Nate excited. But yeah, free agency. Let's go through let's go through our list. I'm gonna start with yeah. uh, Mike Davis. He was I the think, first one to go. I think we got a little overreaction by people that uh, from the signing. I actually predicted Mike Davis to replace uh, though he who shall not be named. Um Smoke Taqu- himself. Taquan myself. Yeah. But I think he'll be a good rotation back. He'll uh, be really good on third down because he can block, he can receive, he can run through the tackles, he can run outside. He's everything you want in a third down back. Yeah, Mizell is kind of coming out of college. He's uh, something like a James White where he was really good at receiving in college. It just didn't translate other than practice. Maybe maybe he'll uh, have an opportunity somewhere else where he grows, and I hope so. He could, but... 
I think he's still practice squad eligible too. I think so too. Um, yeah, Mike Davis was cool. I I didn't hop on to oh they're trading Jordan Howard, so this you know, this is his replacement or um, anything over than Matt Nagy likes having solid depth. I think he's good at utilizing all of his weapons. And I mean, I saw Mike Davis play on the. Sunday night game was earlier in the year. I was actually stuck at work, and the game was on. And it was really impressive. I mean, he popped. He kind of hit the holes hard. Um, if you really watch the film, I think he worked with a lot that wasn't there. He actually reminded me a lot of year one and two Jordan Howard, where it's like a really crowded line. He kind of gets hit and shifts, and he's not super quick, and he's not super strong. He just find, like kind of wiggles his way. Um, I think he could be – a really solid depth piece. And if he stays on his arc and his trajectory and continues to get better, he could get like, you know, starting snaps for sure. I think he reminds me of a, uh, uh, what's his name that Mark Ingram light. Yeah, definitely. Like Uh, not too, like you said, not too fast, but still, Mm -hmm. he still has that second gear. Yeah. Um, I also Mark Ingram. He's the only running back to run four six or slower on his forty and go in the first round. I did see that. Um, yeah. He also strikes me as a guy that could handle the load if need be, <laughs> kind of like a uh, Spencer Ware. I think yeah. something like that would have been possible to where if they do feel as though they need to move on from Howard, that I think Mike Davis can handle it while we rotate in a rookie that we draft. I mean, I think they're definitely going to draft a, a running back in the mid-depth rounds for sure. All right. And then uh, Buster Screen. I was a little bit happier about this than a lot of people. Around. You sure were. Yeah. So here's the thing with Buster. Uh, and everyone takes the Matt Nagy quote where he calls him the best slot corner in the league. And that was the week they were playing the Jets. And you do uh, – you know, catch more flies with honey than vinegar. You don't want to give them bullets and more material. But if you look at the advanced metrics, like not just last year, because it's I feel like it's hard to evaluate players that are in a bad position team-wise. Um, the Jets obviously had their struggles last year. Um, their defense was not really what it was thought it was going to be going into the year. I mean, I remember them early on. It was real rough. Um, but as his career, he's a really start like serviceable to good slot corner. His problem is in the past, they utilized him outside as well. Not the same result. Um, he's a bigger guy. He's more physical. I think I, people have to understand that Ed Donatel and, and Vic Fangio aren't there anymore. And Chuck Pagano's expertise going back is the secondary this screamed one of two things um i'll let you explain what you think number two is but it did scream like chuck Pagano wants a bigger lankier slot corner who's more aggressive at the line of scrimmage probably going to be more aggressive just in general with um his blitz packages and, and stuff like that and this is probably what he was looking for in terms of you know to fit his version of what he thinks the slot corner should be in in his defense well, uh, number two, he's pretty quick. Yeah. He's fast. Um, like you said with blitzing, he wants someone that can hold their own. 
with tight ends and being physical like that. If he has to switch to a tight end, that's something he can kind of handle. Um, Pagano, like you said, has always gotten the best out of his secondary. It's kind of like Donatel. I mean, Donatel, wherever he goes, secondary is always pretty darn good. It's the same with Pagano. I mean, yeah. if you look at the Indianapolis Colts, I don't even remember half their DBs, but they played better than what they've ever had or ever have in their career. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, he also kind of, his ceiling to me, or rather his floor, not his ceiling, would be someone like a Cravon LeBlanc, how we, we had sure. him before. Extremely physical. Right. And I think it's that's a, kinda... a lot, a lot of PIs, a lot of getting burned. Exactly. But also, you know, blow off the line and just crush a guy or get a nice, you know, pass breakup on a, on a comeback or something. Yeah. With this pass rush, he's going <sighs> to, he's going to do just fine. And well, and then there's a, there's another thing with this and this is how I have tried to view through the lens of all free agent acquisitions this year and probably next year is when you have a defense as good as the bears are where nine out of the 11 starters for sure are coming back. You know, you can plug in a guy who maybe physically has just more raw talent and expect that with coaching and being surrounded by Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, you know, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, that, he's going to fit into a better mold of the defense. And then those players are going to make that person better. And so if physically they're just, you can't teach strength and, and speed and height and length. If they think that there's a guy that can develop to be the best potential of himself because he's surrounded by a much better team. I mean, you know, it makes sense to me. And also I think Bryce Callahan um, I didn't. I don't think they anticipated his market not being as hot as it was, and I think they knew pretty early on that they were probably out of the range he was asking for, or that they were comfortable with. And in that situation, you have to be decisive. Or Buster Green gets signed, and your other guy gets signed, and now you're like, oh shit, our top three options all are on different teams, and we don't have anyone. So it was like, eh, Callahan's probably going to go. He's a little out of our price range. Buster's our guy. Let's go. That's what it seemed like to me. Also, Callahan's still not even healthy yet. I yeah, the, the that, medicals. That he's not going to be ready for their first camp, but that's a really early camp, so he'll probably he'll be better for the or he'll be healthy for the season. But I hope so. It's, I don't think it's as serious as like a Cam Meredith situation. But yeah. I hope I hope it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with that, I'll move on to uh, Cordero Patterson. So Nailed. excited. About that. Nailed that name. Everyone's always yeah. like, Cordell. It ain't Cordell Stewart. Cordero. Uh, dude, this signing has me hype. I just give me all the the twitchy, like, switchblade, like, crazy cool players that could have so much potential to Matt Nagy. Just do give me all of them. Yeah, the only one really we're missing is Tavon Austin. <sighs> yeah. Well, I don't want a whole team of them. I, I agree. Want, that's I just a, want a couple. That's kind of who the Seahawks were when they won the Super Bowl, though. They just all their receivers were gadget guys True. that could well, do I mean, a few things. There was like when Percy Harvin was there, and Doug Baldwin yeah. wasn't Doug Baldwin yet, and Golden Tate. There's so many similarities with like how good their defense was, how good R is, Russell Wilson, Mr. Bisky. Maybe we should just get you know an ass ton of gadget guys and just Speaking run around. Speaking of Russell Wilson, when I was watching the Mike Davis stuff. 
Russell Wilson really likes to lead block, and he's not bad at it. Well, he's he is a stocky motherfucker, bro. His like core and legs are like running back. Core I think it was legs. Antoine Bethay that he just tossed him. He's like, he got in front of him, and he was just like. Yeah, bro. Sometimes you just got to move a bitch. That's, I mean, I don't want Trubisky doing that, but... I hey, don't either, but Wilson was like, yeah, I'll do it. And, no bro, bitch, get <laughs> but yeah, um, Patterson can work as a slot receiver outside in the backfields. I mean, yeah. he can use in so many different ways, and your kick return game's automatically better. There's... He's the best kick returner, potentially... Second best kick returner of all time, statistically. Devin yeah. Hester will always be the best kick returner of all time, especially being a Bears fan. But his numbers are fucking insane as a kick returner. Yeah, he's nuts, and you can get some fun stuff going on with him and Tariq on punt returns, too. Because Tariq uh, yeah. can throw the ball. Okay, uh, to- look at you. Toss it across the field to Patterson. Okay. Boom. I'm with it. I'm with it. Music City Miracle version two. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I think offensively, I I don't expect him to have a huge role, but I could see five, seven, ten snaps a game, um, unless something changes. But that's where I see him at, like a cool gadget piece, uh, a, a distraction, you know, whoever, and then our kick return game with him and Cohen is going to be top five in the NFL if they stay healthy. And that was one of our biggest issues with special teams last year. So that's just automatically making that better. Um, I think he'll have somewhere around four to 500 total yards between rushing and uh, passing and about four to five touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I'm with that. I can see a lot of red zone packages with him involved too. He also said he's going to reach out to our boy Hester. So, I mean, (laughs) if you want to get in good graces immediately – like just yeah, just show up with the Devin Hester jerseys for like press conference at training camp. That would and, be phenomenal. You know, you'll have Hogan Johns and all those guys being like, "So this dude's the shit, right? Check it out!" Like, you know, yep. so. And he, uh, and they asked him uh, what made him want to come to Chicago, and he just he said, "I want to be part of that atmosphere." It's wild. So going, which that'll segue to Hawkland Dix, who I think is the biggest uh, signing of free agency, um, easily, but. There's like three or four. I mean, uh, Bobby Massey came out today talking about how he's like, I could have waited and gotten some more pennies, you know, a little bit more bigger contract somewhere else. But like, I want to be here. This locker room, this culture, Matt Nagy, what we started, how it ended, like, I'll pass on some extra cash. This is where I want to be. And that was a common theme with Cordell Patterson, Ha Clinton Dix. A lot of these guys, like, we're a destination now, folks. I mean, this is where free agents go, damn. Club Dub looked fun on Instagram. Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. They seem like they're really cool. They talk to other players, and uh, and, and we're winning, of course, and have a talented team. But it's just cool. I mean, I can't remember the last time that we had free agents saying, fuck yeah, I took a pay cut. been playing for Chicago. It used to be like... Um, I have never heard that yeah. in my Bears lifetime, other than right. Uh, what was the cornerback's name? We just signed a couple years ago from Arizona. Oh, um, oh, fuck. The yes. one that fucked up that fucking return. Starts, th- his last name starts with a C. 
Oh my god, we'll come back to it. I remember in the middle. Either way, he was really excited to come to Chicago. I remember oh. that. That's yes. That's all that's, I yeah. remember. But uh Ha Clinton Dix. So this blew my fucking mind. At first when I got the notification, I was like, Ooh, this at first and foremost, money aside, in my opinion, Ha Clinton Dix is a better player than Adrian Amos. He had a rough stint, I think where expectations were really high in Washington. And he had the timing where Washington's defense started off really good. They fell off hard, and then he got traded to Washington. It's not like he sunk that team. Washington kind of fell off the wheels. They went, like, I was playing quarterback for them at the end of the year. They're going three and out. Like, you know, I think as a player at his best potential, his ceiling is significantly higher than Adrian Amos. So that's an upgrade. And then the contract's wild. 3.5. 3.5. Actually, it's 3.25. It's crazy. It went down from initial. <laughs> Don't crazy. cough the same time I cough. Cut. Copycat. <laughs> he took a pay cut. Clearly took a pay cut to be he here. He did. Damn. He wanted to be here. He wanted to chase a ring. He wanted to be with his boy, Eddie Jackson. I'm so excited for that. Like, him and Eddie, those are, his, that, I mean, those are guys. Those are boys. They posted Instagram photos of them when, uh, you know, don't uh, well, don't even when Bears Packers played and okay. uh, they had like time on the field and you know all that other stuff it was, it was legit. Yeah, this is the second best uh, bro time in the league, other than OBJ and uh, Juice. I'm like, I want to be a Browns fan just for this season. Like, I'm a Browns. I think where everyone is a Browns fan, other than AFC North. Rivals, because I think right. everyone is so ready for Browns fans to not be the factory of sadness anymore. I know, and, and they they've it. done so many good things. I I saw a comment on Reddit today that was uh, the Browns were trying to still trade Emmanuel Ogba, and uh, someone someone comments on it and was like, "Well, they'll probably just trade him for Julio Jones because that's the world we live in now." And I was like, "I mean, I'm with it." Let's go. I'm with it. Um, well, and so, ha ha Clinton Dix. Like, he, uh, he's going to be a different type of safety in this defense. Um, he's not the, like, run up and smash type of guy. He's not going to play a lot in the box stuff. But he's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. And... Now, Eddie Jackson is the best safety in the NFL in my eyes, and his his last year was incredible. And that he was that role for us, of course. But, like, imagine having a guy who's in the same ballpark as Eddie Jackson in terms of, like, statistically where he's at with career interceptions and how he's impacted the game in his life. Um, you know, he starts hitting his potential with having a great, again, a great team around him and a fit in the defense. And you can start interchanging. I mean, Quarterbacks are going to have to face Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith coming off the line. And when they have to get past Prince of Mookamur and Kyle Fuller, they're tossing it deep into a, a, a backfield that has Ha Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson. Like, that's fucking scary. No fly zone. Legit. Um, and fuck the Packers. Like, it's great that we just took, like, we swapped. He uh, also is pretty darn good at man coverage. I think that's an underrated aspect of his game. Um, yeah. He's decent at read and react as well. 
Yeah. And that's what's going to give him a lot of success here because there's not going to be a lot of time to read. He's going to be able to read, and the receiver's going to be trying to read the defense, but the ball's going to come out. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And I'm here for it. I think him and Eddie Jackson are going to have at least eight picks betwixt the two of them. I think eight's a reasonable number. I can see like like five and three. How many more defensive touchdowns does Eddie Jackson add to his resume? So he's on pace to absolutely fucking massacre Ed Reed's career number. Um, Five in two years? Five in two years? I think he gets two next year. I think so too. I think he gets two fucking more. I I think think he gets a. Eddie Jackson is going to be my next jersey. I hope I'm thinking the same thing. And I don't buy jerseys, dude. The only jersey I I have is a Thomas Jones jersey. Thomas Jones, you're my boy. Um, The last jersey I actually bought wasn't gifted to me was a Brandon Marshall jersey. Don't regret it. He's still one of my favorite receivers to ever, like, watch play in a Bears uniform. He was was still That Seahawks game at the end – even though we still lost, but when Jay stepped up and just threw that bomb and Marshall came out of nowhere in front of yeah. Richard, yeah. it was just, eh. Yeah. Ugh, got him. Well, and then I remember the 49ers game when Cutler, like, rolled out and just tossed it and Brandon Marshall was, like, falling with three dudes in just one hand. was like, give me that shit. That was the yeah. revenge game because I remember we weren't looking so hot that game. And no, then Kyle they, Fuller had two picks that game. That's when everyone yeah. was like, rookie Kyle Fuller is going to be the greatest corner in the NFL. Yeah. But then they late hit Jay. I remember mm-hmm. this. They hit him late, yep. and he turned it on. He was he, he said, threw he three touchdowns pissed. after that, I yeah. think. Yeah, he got up and was like, fuck y'all. He got it's up like, He got up and was like, you're not going to kill me because I have to be on a TV show later this in my life and be yeah. the star of Very Cavallari. Oh, there, he is the star. He sure is. You know, they gave him more screen time because they know people are tuning in for Jay. For Jay Cutler. At least the Reddit community is. Um, Everyone. No one cares about KCAV anymore. No. Laguna you, Beach uh, is done. You you brought up OBJ to the Browns. That uh, Just as a story, side note, everyone should be a Browns fan as their secondary team. Um, but dude, Jarvis Landry and OBJ going back to high school. That's nuts. What I want to see what, if any, how many people have like played high school together, been boys, played at the same college university, been boys, go to the league and not just like be serviceable players in the league, but be star fucking like on ESPN, on top 10, got hard knocks, like huge superstars, and then be on the same fucking team and be boys. It's wild. It is. It's nuts. I can't even imagine. <laughs> John Dorsey pulled his dick out and slapped it on executive of the year and said, take it from me, bitches. Honestly. Yeah, it's his Duluth. I mean, God, it's insane. They're all – I mean, the Kareem Hunt thing is going to be either really good or really bad for him. Everyone already forgot about Kareem Hunt because they were like, we're going to sign huh. Kareem Hunt and then we're going to trade for OBJ and everyone's going to go. Okay. Yeah. Did they get Jason Pierre-Paul too? No. Who did no, they get? Uh, what's his face from the Giants? Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. 
No, what? He was never Sheldon on the Giants. No, the, he no. was on the Vikings. They got Sheldon Richardson too. Though. Yeah, but he was on the Vikings. I'm talking about they traded for oh, Olivier, Olivier Vernon. Vernon. Yeah, which is so. also fucking well. Sorry, I was you said Giants, and then I just thought New York, and then I was like, oh, Sheldon Richardson. But yeah, so Sheldon Richardson and Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett on the same defensive line. Fucking scary. Miles Garrett can be defensive MVP of the league next year. I don't know if anyone watches just the NFL outside of the Bears that we like are talking to. The dude is bananas. And if he can stay healthy and like Olivier Vernon takes off that double team. Anyway. It's going to be hard to double team because you got Olivier Vernon. You got Sheldon Richardson. Who's who's their other down lineman? Isn't it? I don't remember. I think it's Ogba, but they're trying to trade him. So, Right. So. Uh, which I don't mean shit when you have those three. I save the money, get the depth. Yeah. Um, Le'Veon Bell to the Jets real quick. Everyone just covering the huge stuff from the offseason. That's, I mean, that was, wow, big news. It's one of those articles, like, when it breaks, you everyone's been expecting it for so long that you're like, oh, you know what I mean? And that's what it is. But it is seismic in terms of top three running back in the league. I'm actually really hype that a player actually had the balls to just say fuck you to the franchise tag and sit their ass out for the entire year. Um, I don't know if it worked out as well as he thought it was going to, but it's still cool that a player had the balls to really just be like, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. Fuck Ben Roethlisberger. Fuck you calling all of us children because we don't suck Ben's dick. I'm not playing until this happens and, and actually suck to it. I think that triggered Antonio Brown to do what he did too. I agree. Well, I wonder what precedent it sets for other players. By other players, I wonder what precedent it sets for Robbie Gold, who hasn't signed his franchise tender. Don't sign it, Robbie. Fucking force that trade, my guy. Gang, gang, Ryan Pace. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You skipped our last couple of free agent acquisitions, though. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Ted Larson, right? Ted Larson, which just depth. I don't care about that. He's been on the team before. <laughs> he brings yeah. a little nastiness. Um, but Marvin like Hall. Marvin Hall from the Falcons is yeah. going to be someone like a Josh Bellamy replacement where he's super fast, so he can be a decent gunner. Um, he can be used in spot <laughs> spot duty. He's, like I said, super yeah. fast. Ran a four two eight. So quick. So there's going to be some wrinkles in there for him. And then uh, Pat O'Donnell, veteran punter. Um, You're not excited. I like Pat, I'm, but I think it's, I'm I neutral like on hair. it. I think they could have did I think better. I just like his hair under these jackets. I think that's it. I think they could have did better, but Ryan Allen went back to the Patriots, so there's not really yeah. anyone that's for sure better after that. So We didn't sink, like, top ten money into it. It was a, a solid deal. But Ryan it's... Allen signed for cheaper. Well, he also probably wanted to play for the team he's on. It's, you got Haha Clinton Dix turned down more money, you know. If he was happy wherever he wanted to be, then it's hard to hard to beat that. Um, the only thing about comparing him to Bezo is I got to see how much sauce he's got, bro. Like, I got to see where his drip's at because we're talking about, like, Club Dub DJ, like, King Drip, <clears throat> Bezo, get that bread, bro. Well, like, you know who's King Drip hard. now? Tariq Cohen? Matt Nagy. I mean, Matt Nagy being King's Rip, bro. Yeah, no, definitely. He's the one who uh, brought Club Dub. It is true. 
Bezo is just my guy, man. He's just uh, that one hurt. I really wanted the Bears to resign him. Me too. Uh, I, from a football perspective, I don't know if it's going to be a big drop off. From a locker room perspective, they'll, they should be fine. But he's the guy. But he's just a cool fucking guy, man. And I think he's going to do amazing in the New York market. That media oh, is yeah. we love him. Uh, good for his family. Um, he got more money than I expected him to. So like, I'm happy for him. Anyway. Yeah, he's he's gonna do just fine, and he's still probably gonna be friends with all the guys he's with Definitely. now. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Those are those are his boys. Mm-hmm. Those are my boys too. Uh, what the fuck did Ryan Tranehill get traded to the Titans for? Ryan Tranehill. Ryan Tranehill. Interesting. <laughs> Ryan Tranehill for real though. Like, I don't know. He's... They're like they're similar quarterbacks. It's like they want uh, one for eight games and one for the other eight games because they're both going <laughs> to be like hurt at one point. Yeah. They might as well sign Brock Osweiler too, just to don't. Do we play them we next year? I hope not because we don't talk about Brock Osweiler in these parts, dude. Imagine, like, imagine this I nightmare. Are you ready for this nightmare? Oh no! Brock oh. Osweiler toss to Randall Cobb against the Bears. No, thank you. Bad taste. I need a drink. Ugh, that's awful. I can just see Chris Conti being out of position like always, running always a half second late. Ah, yeah. God. And then he talks shit. He hates Bears. Or the Bears well, fans. He hates us so much. We hated him. Well, yeah. Forget week 17, but, 22. And he is like. But he is sour, is what I'm saying. Like now. Oh, Fuck him. Yeah, he's just sour now. Like anything bears, related, he's like, y'all can suck my dick. Good, he's rotting away in Tampa Bay, so I don't give a fuck. Is he even uh, on Tampa Bay anymore? I think I he got, got. I think after he got stiff armed, I, I think he got stiffed armed to the shadow realm is where he's residing now. Yeah, I think he got. Vance McDonald was like out of the league for you. Um, speaking of stiff arms he, and stuff, he Ray Rice him. Yeah. Uh, Gronk retired. I hate the Patriots. Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end of all time, though. He's the greatest bro of all time. I, the only thing I hate is not to get too political, but I think his attitude is the exact same attitude as like Odell Beckham and all those others. But because he's white and fratty, everyone's like, "Oh, Gronk has a good time. He just has fun." Odell's a diva and goes to clubs, blah, blah, blah. I've always been bothered by that. That's not necessarily Gronk's fault, but, like, let's not – I don't know. I just feel like he's acted like all the other, like, I guess, black athletes in star positions like Odell and all these other receivers and running backs who, like, we talk about how, oh, are they dedicated? Are they not focused? He was doing this. It was at this party. He shot this, he shot this magazine, and then Gronk's like – fucking chugging kegs and like doing you know slapping asses or whatever and everyone's like wow Gronk just knows how to party but from a just to pay my dues as from a mismatch perspective i think he is the single greatest mismatch of all time in the history of the league in terms of his size his speed his quality of hands his catch radius his route running his blocking um you could they could literally in his prime line him up fucking literally everywhere 
and he and if the play was designed for him, he's catching it and he's taking it to the house or he's getting the first down or whatever. Um, Remember a prime and, Gronk with Aaron Hernandez? Yes, before they, Aaron Hernandez, they got killed it. Burned. They <laughs> killed it. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, big big start to this three the off season, man. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I think too many people were expecting too many big moves, so they're kind of upset about it. But I think we're yeah. doing exactly what we should do. A lot of people are also kind of like, why did they do Max or spread or turn his thing into signing bonus if they're not going to do anything with it? It doesn't matter if they do do or don't do anything with it. That's going to roll over to next year. Right. And then they can really just give it to Mac if they want. Yeah. Well, and also too, there are situations where, and they'll never tell us where maybe they did think that there was an opportunity for a bigger name, right. and talks were there, and you can't pull the trigger on those talks until you have the money right. And Ryan Pace doesn't come off as a kind of dude that wants to try to figure it out later. He's very tactical and has his plan. And so I think they said, you know what, fuck it clear the room and they'll probably just roll it over, but they could have been in the position where maybe there was like a, a Justin Houston or another big name like that, that the numbers were lower at one point, or they just really thought, man, like these talks are going somewhere. Let's get this room together. They fell through. Okay. We'll roll it over. It's, it's a pretty low risk situation. I don't know why. I think we just got excited when we got the news, like, Oh, right. Twitter updated. The Bears have moved money in everyone's idea, especially because we got treated with the Khalil Mack trade like four days before the season. Everyone's like, fucking Ryan Pace just, you know, I don't know. He's going to do something huge, you know. He's going to fucking, he's trading for Aaron Donald or something wild. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. The Bears have um, 19 of their 21 starters coming back. As With the Jordan Howard situation, that could be changing, but... We were a Super Bowl contender last year. We're going to only be more of a Super Bowl contender this year with the growth of the team. And we're returning 19 out of 21 starters. Like, we don't have to – the Bears don't have to go out there and get a big splash. Yeah, like I told my buddy, um, I like like big splashes. Everyone likes big splashes. Of course. But the only thing that makes us more of a Super Bowl contender is a kicker. And Which I am a little disappointed of how that's played out. Only I'm, because I'm not holy shit, I want so disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed we can't get Robbie, but I'm. Well, we can. I think Don't they, say we can't get Robbie. Okay, well, we I think they won't. learned their lesson with paying kickers big money. I yep. think their new plan is just sign five or whatever and find one that works. Next year's yep. camp, sign two more. Let them battle right. it out. Make sure what's whoever they pick. Still got it. It's also it's, Justin Tucker's a free agent next year, but I digress. Yeah, so kicker and punters are really the only position in the NFL where this isn't some out of the norm where they're bringing in a bunch of legs. I mean, that's how a lot of teams get kickers. There's just a combination of the Cody Parkey thing fucked us and how rough the kicking situation directly impacted the end of the season and the end of the season in general. Bears fans are going to be hypersensitive about this situation more so than most fan bases are, but you know, there's nothing wrong with just bringing in a bunch of kickers, 
and having one guy who just goes in, kills it, and rolling with him for the season. Yeah. I mean, potentially drafting a guy or, you know, undrafted free agent going out of college, but that's what they're doing right now anyway. So we'll see. I mean, they, I guess they could really, if they wanted to try to, like, do a trade or something like that, I just don't see them putting any capital into a kicker. They're already sinking $5 million into Cody Parkey still. And I, I commend Ryan Pace for just eating that and moving on, except your mistake, cut it and go. But, you Agreed. know, they're not, it's going to be hard for them to uh, invest more into that position. And they're not going to trade for Robbie Gold. You're going to have to let that dream die. He hasn't signed the tender yet. I'm just okay, saying. Okay, but what's going to happen? He holds out. He holds out for what? We're not going to trade for him, so it doesn't matter for us. Shut up. Ooh. <laughs> um, Sour push. Anyway, what else we got? That does it. <clears throat> well, if that's the case... Um, Really appreciate you guys hanging tight with us for episode two. We're going to have more episodes coming. Obviously, the draft's coming up. That'll be huge. And then once we start getting into the season is when it's starting to get really real for us. So thanks for checking us out. We're going to post a link to all of the handles for all the social medias for you guys to like, follow, subscribe, share, the whole nine. Um, Early on in this stage, if you really like this podcast and you listen to it, that stuff is critical for us the liking and the sharing and the subscribing stuff. Um, everyone preaches it, but you know, we're trying to get started and that's what helps us out the most. So uh, give us feedback, email, text, call, whatever. We'll, uh, we'll listen and try to get better. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Mine's at Nate underscore Flint. Mine is Alon at Richard. Fuck. What's my handle? I never remember this. It's I'll add it to the video for him again. Y'all. Too. I will memorize my Twitter handle at some point. I will. Anyway, see you guys. Later, guys.